Hello, everyone, and welcome to Crossword. Uh, we're starting up the very first episode here, and um, it's your host, Tim Hansford. And with me today, I actually have uh, a special guest, special as much as special can be on the first episode of a podcast, um, our special friend, Luke Mastervik uh, from Sandy Creek. Uh, is it Baptist or Bible? Yes. Baptist, yeah. Sandy Creek Baptist Church in Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, him and I grew up together actually in Canada. So that's uh, where the connection is. That's how we know each other. Uh, say hello, Luke. Hello, Luke. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. Seriously, it's good to be here. I'm honored. I'm delighted to be part of this uh, inaugural uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, hey, no problem. Um, for for uh, the beginning, I guess I should probably explain uh, where we get the name from. It's uh, called Crossword, and and the the I guess subline you might say is is helping fill in the blanks. And um, really, the intention of this podcast is uh, to try and promote the study of God's word and uh, growth in the faith. And so um here at crossword our, our our opinion is that really if if there's any blanks in in what we know or or what we study um then that's where the cross and where god's word uh kind of come in and they can fill in those blanks it's not that we're always going to understand everything that we read in scripture uh, mm -hmm. but he is the source and uh and origin of all knowledge and truth and and so where those blanks pop up we can go to him for help so um we are uh, here to try and, and encourage that. Uh, and as such, in, in our first uh, episode, we are uh, right around Valentine's season um, right now. Probably by the time this uh, episode drops, it will be after Valentine's Day, but uh, we're still in around the same time. Uh, so we kind of felt that a, a really great um, passage to start out with would be 1 Corinthians 13, looking at love. Uh, as we kind of get started with this podcast, we'll be uh, having different studies, different series that we go through, different passages of scriptures and, and books and things like that. But for the first episode, we kind of wanted to start it off light, uh, if you want to call it that, and take a look at an individual passage. And so uh, if, if that's okay with you, Luke, I'm going to read through this so that... Uh, so that listeners kind of get where we're coming from. So we're in 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. And it starts out in verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. 
For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest greatest of these is love. So let's uh, start out right at the very beginning there, and uh, let's let's just kind of talk through this. Um, mm-hmm. To start us off, though, Luke, did, did you have any thoughts about this passage coming in? Just some generalized thoughts that you wanted to go over? Uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, love is a word that all of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we throw around very loosely. Uh, just kind of haphazardly and that kind of thing, you know, like I love my cat or I love this large double double from Timmy's that I wish I could have right now. And I haven't since 2019, by the way. Uh, (laughs) and again, we just use it, you know, in a very, again, flippant manner. Um, but understanding, uh, what biblical love looks like. And as we turn to the scriptures and we understand there are different kinds of love and uh, understand that this word here is in the noun form of the word agape, uh, uh, yeah, in the noun form and the verb form is agapeo. Um, and so uh, again, just looking at what that truly looks like um, versus uh, the world's definition of love uh, versus even our, as Christians, we don't always have the correct or, uh, biblical worldview in the way that we should. And, uh, and so again, uh, and we need to go to the scriptures and say, what does the scripture teach? Cause at the end of the day, my opinion or nobody's opinion amounts to a hill of beans, as they say in the South, uh, we've got to go to the word of God as the source of truth. It is not a truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the truth. And so we need to be careful and make sure that we don't uh, approach things with our own presuppositions. But again, what is God saying to us? Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, I, um, I had some, some pretty similar thoughts as well. Um, mm. this, this passage, of course, is, is really when we look at the context of the overall thing, is, is in a way speaking about spiritual gifts. And what mm. Paul is essentially saying to us here is that, if I have the most amazing spiritual gifts, if I can do all these wonderful things, he says, even like faith to remove mountains. Um, if I have great gifts of prophecy, or I know all mysteries and all knowledge, if I'm uh, essentially, he's, he's not quite saying this, but almost hinting towards if I were all powerful and, and all knowing mm. and had not love, then mm. he says, I gain nothing or I am nothing. And that's what an incredible thing to say, to, Mm. to say that, um, you know, we could, we could be as powerful or, or exuding as much power as, uh, you know, when we read acts, we see them healing people and, and casting out demons. And he's saying, if, if we do all that stuff and we don't have any love to go along with it, then it means nothing. That's right. Um, that's incredible because as you pointed out in the scripture, uh, where it says, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And understanding uh, that faith is essential. I mean, 
the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God, but he that comes to him must believe that he is and that he is rewarded to those who diligently seek him. And yet, if, if we have all, you know, faith that this mountain moving faith, um, but have not love, then again, the scripture says that we are, uh, that we are nothing. And that's a powerful, powerful thought. Um, so. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's amazing. Um, to me, one of the, one of the verses, uh, that struck me so, so strongly was that verse three. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, mm-hmm. but have not love, I gain mm. nothing. Amen. So really, that's that's almost an indictment. Well, it is an indictment against right. this uh, this idea of of um, of works, um, mm-hmm. just for the sake of of working. We have to make sure that when we're serving the Lord, when we're serving our brothers and sisters, that we're yes. doing so in love. If, if we're doing it absent of love, then what Paul actually says there in verse three is, is we gain nothing. We don't get anything out of it. And that's not just a personal indictment. That's, I, I believe, as well, talking about the future. We mm-hmm. will gain nothing if we've done it all for, for anything but love. Right, right. And, and again, understanding that, again, the context of this passage that, yes, love is a noun, uh, you know, it's a verb, but it is a noun. And I I shared with you earlier, a couple of quotes that I, that was just bang on. This was from Mm -hmm. Desiring God, John Piper's ministry. And the writer uh, was John Bloom. And he says this, there's a couple, three quotes here that from this section um, is to understand love correctly. We must understand that love originates as a noun that necessary necessarily produces verbs if we reduce love to more uh, to mere action we will miss love at its source making love only a verb will likely make us pharisees and uh, there is a, a part here that i i actually got a screenshot here um on my phone uh that really just uh yeah he says because just like you can talk loving without really loving you can act loving without really loving hmm wow so we can go through the motions of doing quote-unquote acts of love but they're not really done in a heart of love Hmm. it's like the pharisees that um you know disfigured themselves and 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 made themselves look like they were fasting like they were doing something uh as an act of love to god when in reality uh, it was a hypocrisy. It wasn't genuine love. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're absolutely right there in in pointing out our current culture of of belief towards love, um, mm. and and love certainly uh, we think of it as as an action, um, as a feeling, um, which if if we look at the languages in in the Bible, those those concepts aren't foreign. Um, right there, there are words for that, but that's not the word that we have in here. You, you already mentioned that we're getting that word agape, which, um, commonly we, we would define as unconditional love, but really it's, it's almost kind of like, um, I don't know if, if, if this is the right word for it, but, but it's almost like love as a, as a foundation. If we're, if we're looking at it 
in a in a more concrete sort of way it's it's kind of like this the the real love like what love should be it's that model of of what love should be it's not based on the actions of others and paul's not saying here if uh mm. you do something for love because somebody else deserved it or if you do something for love because you feel like you love that person um, right this is not love that's based on action or or feelings it's love that's that's based really ultimately in the fact that we're all created in the image of god and it's it's really God that we we love, and because we love Him, um, we desire to to outpour our love onto His creation and those whom He died for, um, which which is another part of that. He He died for each and every one, and and so that love, in a way, is is even if we want to look at it, it's not stemming from us or our feelings. Amen. It's actually pouring yeah. out of God. Amen. Um, and That's and right. so we're just, I know some people kind of talk about this in, in this way. Um, Christian love is not a cup that catches love and then overflows. Really, um, it's more of a funnel. We, right. we receive God's love and then the intent is not to store that. The intent right. is to pour that out uh, straight into the people around us. Amen. And, 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 and like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a God-given love, uh, Romans 5, 5, and hope does not, which Romans 5, the entire chapter is just mm-hmm. magnificent. It's a tremendous passage of scripture. Uh, but Romans chapter 5, verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured mm. into our hearts through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So understanding that we do not have this natural ability within ourselves that we can manufacture this kind of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah. is totally a God-given love that, by the way, is a mark. It's not the only mark, but is a mark of true, genuine, saving faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the scripture says, uh, I think it's in 1 John. Uh, yeah, First uh, John, that you know that you have passed from darkness to, to, to light because you love the brothers mm-hmm. uh, by this all men shall know you're my disciples by your love one for another. And so, uh, even though there, the, the, the love that we demonstrate is a love that grows in our sanctification process, uh, understanding that it is part of who we are in, in, in our new nature that we, you know, we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Um, but again, understanding that we cannot manufacture it uh, in any way, shape, or form. It's totally God-given. And, and when we say, well, how, how can I love that person? That person, especially when somebody mistreats us. Because right? not everyone is easy to love, right, Luke? <laughs> right, exactly. And it's easy to say that about others, but understanding that we aren't either. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're, we're messy people, yeah. too. We're, we're all, if you want to say, messed up, if we're mm-hmm. honest with god and with ourselves and each other uh that yeah we're not always uh you know peachy to deal with ourselves you can just ask our wives that right tim ain't uh, nothing but fixer uppers <laughs> in the kingdom of god my friend that's right can i get a witness uh <laughs> and so you know yeah and um and so we say yeah well i can't it's exactly right it, we cannot do that mm-hmm. it's only through the enabling power of the holy spirit of god that's within us that we can accomplish that and yeah. that only through that alone. 
Amen. Amen. You can't like your dad, uh, like Brother Hansford used to say, you can't white knuckle the pew and be like the little transient that couldn't say, I think I can, I think I can. We, we can't do it. Yeah. And Paul said, in my flesh dwells some good, some good, some good. No, he says dwells no good thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's totally, again, a work of the Holy Spirit. And I really love that you you kind of brought out those feeling those those thoughts because mm. really it just I I didn't think about this the first um, as as I was reading through it the first few times but really if you look at this list that we get mm. um, from verse four to verse seven yeah it almost kind of reflects that fruit of the spirit doesn't it yes you know it, it, when when we uh when we le- read the list of, of the fruit in the spirit this is kind of what this sounds like right like love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not reject rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices yeah. in the truth it, it kind of has this same sort of fruit of the spirit cadence to it mm-hmm. and i really love that you brought out that that uh thought because you know the thing with the fruit of the spirit, um, I've heard people say this before, and I know grammatically it's it's technically one way or the other, but um, people people draw attention draw attention to the fact that that it's uh, fruit of the spirit, not fruits of the spirit, and yeah. uh, the reason why I say grammatically because fruit is technically also a plural word. But anyways, we'll leave that besides. <laughs> um, the 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 point is the crux is you don't just get one you don't just get two mm-hmm. you get all of them if if mm-hmm. if you are saved you right. should be seeing all of those fruits now right. they won't all be present i think we like to the same degree i think some people are more gifted in let's say the gift of mercy and so they lean more towards let's say kindness mm-hmm. um so or or some people naturally have a bit of a a bit of a wrath inside of them and so maybe they shy away they they struggle a bit with the self-control part but um the the point is all of those fruit should be present in some way or another and should be growing as we walk in in we should be uh progressing and i think Mm -hmm. uh this this list is is really the same sort of thing like a fruit of the spirit, but almost kind of like a fruit of love. Uh, yeah. If if we have God's love in us, it's not that our love will be patient, but maybe not kind. Um, maybe it boasts, but it doesn't envy. It, no, it it the love that is produced in us by God that comes from God will have all these attributes, and it needs to. We need right. to pursue these attributes uh, in our love, um, not just for God not just for our brothers and sisters in Christ, but for all those people around us, our families, for those of us who are married, our spouses, this should be the model of love that we're exhibiting to everyone around us. Yeah. Love your, uh, love your enemies. Uh, was that Matthew um, chapter five forty four, And that, that is in the verb form that agapeo. Mm, okay, uh, and cool. so an and enemies meaning it's indicative, it's synonymous with unbelievers Mm, okay. um it's interesting to note that on top of that i i, I don't know if it was pastor philip uh, it was pastor philip johnson the senior pastor of sandy creek baptist and uh i believe it was him that said it's interesting with with judas jesus washed his feet too hmm. wow. wow knowing what he was going to do and jesus still 
in humility, washed that disciple's feet. Wow. Not that's, a that's true disciple. Yeah, uh, yeah. But still, I mean, it's like he knew that and still did it. Hmm. What an amazing thing. Uh, again, it gets back to this is, uh, this is unconditional. It's not based on how somebody treats me or doesn't treat me. Because as we see here, it's, it says here in this passage, uh, in verse 4, it, it's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now, what stands out to me already, we could spend oodles of time on this passage. Amen. Probably even just on a couple verses, let alone the whole the whole text. Um, but it does not insist on its own way. Now, it's easy to say that. As you say, oh, yeah, okay, let's move on next. But there is a part of every one of us, and I'm talking about the redeemed now, mm-hmm. truly converted people, where there's a part of us, whether it's a spouse, a co-worker, whatever the case may be, you fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of a play on words, Tim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> helping fill in the blanks. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> that we want to snap back. That's, a, that's as far as the old flesh that we still, still deal with. Um, yeah, because there's a part of us, you know, that wants to, and we may dismiss it as uh, just playful sarcasm. Maybe we just might, uh, you know, gussy it up a little bit and make it look not so bad, but it's, it's unrighteous. It's mm. sin. And we need to call it what it is. And, and understanding that again, I can't do that. It is so difficult, at least within our flesh, it's impossible for us to be able to respond this way. Um, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, again, we can uh, respond in a way that is un- not unloving, that mm-hmm. is truly agape love. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, the I'm getting a little bit of echo on your end. Okay. Let me, uh, there we go. I don't know if that'll help or not. I just turned myself down. Oh, okay. That, that <laughs> might help. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not hearing it anymore. So that's, yeah. all right. But uh, going into the next section here, we have love never ends. Mm, mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's, that's an incredible statement. Yeah. And if you think about it, if this love was talking about something that came out of us, came out of our humanity, it would end. It would mm-hmm. end with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, the reason why Paul here can say that love never ends is because the source of love, the, the, the essence of our love is coming out of God, who is eternal, who yeah. always was. And so in a way, we might even also say that love never began. Uh, right. In the same way that, that God has no beginning. That's right. Um, he's because loved us God with is love. love. Sorry? I said he's loved us with an everlasting love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so love never ends. I, I just, I love the fact that that's in there. Um, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Um, I don't think he's talking about um, these things passing away as ceasing to be. Uh, but rather, um, in verse 9, continuing on, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial 
will pass away. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think that points towards eternity. Uh, once we, once when, when it's talking about, um, well, verse 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So whose face will we see? Well, well we're going to see Christ's face. We're going to see him face to face. And and if we go back to his I am statements, uh, we see things like, like I am the light of the world. And, and light, of course, um, be, meaning uh, moral center of the universe, but, but also knowledge. He is the source of all knowledge. So we know in part right now. But when we see him face to face, we won't have to know in part because true knowledge will be face to face with us. We'll be, we'll be right there. Um, right now, we prophesy in part because, you know, uh, we we don't always know uh, exactly what the Lord is saying to us or what the Lord's trying to say to other people. We try and interpret the best that we can. But one day when we see face to face, the Lord will speak to us face to face. We won't have to guess what he's trying to say to us. Uh, we'll know exactly. Uh, it'll be coming straight from him. So one day we will, we will not uh, prophesy in part, but, but we'll, we'll know in full. Um, Paul kind of says there uh, as well, when he was a child, I spoke as a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned when a ch- as a child. When I became a man, I gave up the childish ways. Mm. So if we carry this into the, into the context of, of love as well, mm-hmm. right now we love as a child. And yeah. I, I know that's a really simple way of, of putting it, but we're imperfect in our love. And, and that's, that's the, the best way that we can, we can come up with it. We, our love is, is a shadow of, of what it should be. But one day, when we're face to face with God, when we're face to face with Christ, we will be face to face with love and we will know what that is. We will see what that is and what an amazing sight that will be. Mm, amen. And, and as far as, you know, putting away childish things, I, I go back to uh, verse five, uh, that it, it doesn't insist on its own way. And it's not mm. irritable, it's not resentful, but verse six says it does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Mm. Now, speaking of childish I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and you, you have kids of your own, Tim. So you mm-hmm. understand that, uh, you know, one child, uh, does something wrong. And what do they say? Ha ha, mm-hmm. you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. And, uh, and the thing is, is that it's not just little kids that, act or conduct themselves this way as you said there is an extent of us that still because of our sin nature uh because of the flesh that we still contend with um that uh we we want to tend to look at the other person say ah look what they did it may not be in a blatant ah ha 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 but that's still essentially what it is yeah And, and, and instead of our hearts breaking uh over not only our own sin which of course is at the top of the list but also the sins of others and being broken and being uh, just contrite and about about that and and mourning and and weeping over our sin uh blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted that's about mourning over sin and again the sins of others and and we rejoice in the truth mm-hmm. well and and the essence of love is is putting others first amen 
And right. so really that action of, of rejoicing in others wrongdoing or, or in rejoicing in um, uh, misfortune uh, that yeah. comes on other people right really kind of stems out of out of that selfishness uh which i i think we we all exhibit now there is an element of it's not wrong to rejoice in justice um because really like god is justice we we're children of justice we right should rejoice in justice but but not at the expense of of others we, we shouldn't take joy in uh, yeah i don't know the suffering Exactly. Like even, uh, I think R.C. Sproul, one of my favorite late great theologians, mm -hmm. um, said it that even God doesn't rejoice. Uh, I think it's in the death of the wicked, I believe is the passage. Um, in other words, God doesn't get his jollies, uh, if you will. Uh, God is not just like seething at that. And, and you know, I, I look at these courtroom scenes where you see uh, it's one thing to appreciate justice and we hear a lot about justice today don't we social justice and everything else mm -hmm. um in our current day uh but um there are people that and i've seen genuine believers tell the person who took their loved one and and, and killed them and, and they're no longer able to hug their loved one anymore and show forgiveness to them extend forgiveness uh, and mercy to them mm -hmm. And, uh, and then others that say, I hope you rot in jail. I hope that you, you know, suffer immensely uh, and, and that kind of thing is against, is that, that uh, relishing in their suffering, relishing mm -hmm. yeah. in their punishment. And that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I agree. Sometimes I, I see those, what you're talking about, where they stand up in the courtroom and they, yes you know, they, they offer forgiveness. And, and I look at those moments and I, I can just say like, by the grace of God, cause there's, there's no way that we as human beings do that naturally. Right. There's nothing in us naturally that says you stole, um, my loved one away from me. Therefore I'll offer you forgiveness. That mm -hmm. comes from God. It has oh, to come from God. There's, um, but continuing on here, um, cause we should probably start wrapping up. Um, so now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Mm. I wanted to take us over to, uh, Hebrews chapter six, because I, I just wanted to point out something. This is one of my favorite passages. Um, in fact, the whole book of Hebrews, I just love yes. the book of Hebrews. Some yeah. people find it really confusing and, That's uh, funny. and, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We're, we'll, we'll cover Hebrews in, in uh, crossword, uh, oh, but, great. It's it's one of my favorite books. There's there's few books in my mind that really spend as much time um, mm -hmm. breaking down like a doctrine of who Jesus is, was, and is to us now than right. Hebrews. It's it's amazing. But anyways, um, I digress. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hebrews chapter six. Um, in Hebrews chapter six, in the the latter part, starting at verse thirteen, we, we see. Um, the the author breaking down kind of how uh, the Lord could could not make a, a stronger promise to Abraham than by swearing by himself because it's impossible for God to lie. Uh, so he says uh, in verse 18, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. In verse 19, 
we have this, that hope, as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. What an amazing statement that, that we have this hope who is Christ Jesus, who is already in heaven, who is already before uh, the throne of God above. Yes. What an amazing, amazing hope and an amazing uh, anchor, as it, as it says, to, to, to make us sure and, and steadfast. And yet, mm. Paul says here, so now faith and that hope abide. But the greatest of these is love. Mm. Yeah. And the only way that I can um, kind of uh, amalgamate that is what put Christ behind the veil? What put Christ in heaven making, making intercession for us? What nailed Christ to the cross? What drove him to suffer our death for us? What, what moved him to take our sin upon us? What moved God, even uh, in eternity past, to create a plan for our salvation? Right. What was it? It was love. And what, right. what an amazing love it is that God has for us mm. that he would give his own Amen. son. And I, I, that hymn, that glorious hymn comes to my mind, Amazing Love, How Can It Be That Thou, My God, Would Die I For Me? That's amazing. And uh, because we look at love again, it's this gushy, sentimental, warm, fuzzy. That's how the world looks at God's love. And even, yay, even Christendom is in Christendom. There's, we're, we've been guilty of that as well. Um, but again, it is this determined, unmoving, unwavering, never ending, uh, unconditional love and also understanding because we say that term very loosely that god god loves everybody we got to be careful about that because there's a certain kind of love that god has for the redeemed uh versus a you know a general love uh you know uh, uh, god has a goodwill towards all men uh, he reigns on the just and on the unjust and uh um you know that god is uh, that this this love of benevolence that god shows uh common graces if you will and mercies to the totality of mankind but when we say that and it be very well and well-meaning and and good intentioned uh but what is often conveyed or how it's taken by some is well i can just do whatever i want i don't need to repent um, God loves me just the way that I am. And uh, as, as R.C. Sproul put it, uh, God is just so happy that I turned out so nicely. Mm. <laughs> and cool. so we can, we can, we got to be careful when we say that God, uh, that God loves everybody. Um, or alternatively, uh, that God loves me so much the way that I am that he would never send me to hell, even if I don't accept his son which is, of course, uh, it's not true. Because right. we also have to take into context that though he loves us as human beings, yeah. he also loves the Son. Amen. Uh, and yeah. so 
as much as he loves us, not that those two loves are at war with each other, but rather as much as he loves us, uh, he loves a son. And if we as human beings reject the son, Mm -hmm. reject his sacrifice for us, right. Then, uh, and he loves his own purity. His, his holiness is such that if we won't take Christ's righteousness upon ourselves, there is no payment that we can offer. And right. uh, we have to balance that God is a loving God with God is also a God of justice. That's and right. If, if Christ's righteousness doesn't pay for us, there is no payment. And if we're trusting on our own righteousness to save us, then mm-hmm. uh, it, eternal damnation is, is the only outcome from that. Well, and scripture teaches that, you know, there, that God hates too. I mean, the opposite of mm. love is hate. And uh, that we, before we came to Christ, the Bible says that we are by nature children of wrath and that we were enemies of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, that while we were still sinners, uh, as Romans 5, 8, God uh, loved us. God died for us. Um, and so, um, yeah, we, again, we got to be very careful uh, when we use the term love um, in a very broad sense. Mm-hmm. So just something and, we need to remind ourselves of. And yet, as well, it's also uh, really cool to think about the fact that while we're taking love carefully in that sense, which we should, yes, uh, we're also realizing that while we were enemies, mm. you know, uh, and and yet you read you read the Psalms, you read Job, you find out even the wicked God yeah. causes the the rain to come. He blesses with, and the the theological term for that is common grace. Yes, he gives common graces to all men, whether That's they right. reject him or not. That's and right. I, 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 to me, that that is such love. Yeah. I like. I can't. Even if he knows you'll never accept him, even if he knows that you're going to stand before him one day and reject his son. Mm-hmm. He still gives you joy i i it's amazing in those common graces yes in in the common graces yeah yeah right um i I just man to me to me that's that's amazing yeah that's right because i mean even as we're you know on wednesday nights when i have the opportunity to be in the pulpit we're looking at the book book of job Mm. and job 121 he falls down and worships god Mm-hmm. And he blesses God, and the Lord gave, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. and that His love for God in that uh, is just incredible. Um, he didn't shake his fist and demand social justice for those who 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 slaughtered his some of his uh, the host of his servants, the vast majority. There's only four remaining, mm-hmm. and takes all of his wealth. And he loses ten, all ten of his children in one day, and he falls down and worships God. That's incredible, mm-hmm. absolutely stunning. When you look at the Book of Job, and in particularly that passage, that, that section. And we think about joy as this, um, you know, the joy that we receive from Christ is something that um, is beyond circumstance. That's mm. the the wonderful thing about joy is that it's it's beyond circumstance, even when our circumstances are terrible we still right. are able to have joy in the Lord. 
that's too with our love. Mm. Um, the love that comes from God, even above circumstances, those, you know, you read stories sometimes about these people who were in concentration camps or people mm. who were brutally, brutally slaughtered. I mean, even Christ is an example. Yes. They're nailing him to a cross. They're raising him on the Mount of Calvary. And he says, what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this love that comes from God is so much further than circumstance. It's, mm. it's the thing that loves even when it's not easy and even when it's mm. not deserved. Amen. Um, and, and a, yeah, praise God for that because that's where we were. The yes. love of God came to us, even though yes. we didn't deserve it. That's right. And then looking at what Jesus did, that God demonstrated his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that he did that first and foremost out of loving obedience to the father. Mm -hmm. You love me if you keep my commandments mm -hmm. and jesus didn't come to abolish the law he came to fulfill the law mm -hmm. he had a total love and obedience to the father and then there is the secondary part of that he, that he loved he did that for us but it was ultimately out of ultimately out of love obedience to the father yeah that's what we tell our kids we, we tell our kids quite regularly you know if you love us just like god's word says if you love me you'll keep my commands if you really want to show that you truly love mommy and dad and not as a guilt trip mm -hmm. but it's true then then you'll do what we tell you to do and not only do what we tell you to do but delight in doing what you're being told to do not oh man i gotta do this but but as the psalm the psalmist says i think it's multiple psalms that says that i delight in your law mm -hmm. uh it's not a drudgery it's not a chore i i i long to do it i'm glad to do it and uh, again only through the power of the holy spirit can we do that yeah and and that's where it really comes down to this love that we're looking at uh, really the only source is from god and and so ultimately um, if that's what we desire, if, if this love that, that Paul's talking about here is, is what we desire for our life, yes. then we have to seek God for it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, the, the twofold um, application to that is, one, if, if we've never accepted Christ, then yeah. this hope is beyond us. This, this love is beyond us. And more pressingly, we have an eternity to look forward uh, or to to look towards and if yes. if christ is not our savior then um we need to address that christ is is the only way that that we can we can come to the father forgiven and so uh if if he's not our savior today then then we need to to accept him and and uh and and run to him uh asking him for forgiveness and also for for that righteousness mm -hmm. uh, but but uh, if he is our savior, if he has paid our penalty, if we have ex uh, asked him to be our savior, then, then of course, the the secondary application is this: if we if we're looking at our life and we don't see that uh, love in us, mm -hmm. then I think 
we need to to bring that before the Lord, and and we need to ask. And of, of course, as we were talking about earlier, same with the fruit of the Spirit. It's not an instantaneous process. It's right. Kind of like sanctification, it's it's a lifelong work, <laughs> so it, it's not overnight. Uh, yeah. And yet, um, we should be seeing growth in in that aspect. And and um, I believe it was D. L. Moody uh, who was talking about. Um, he heard at, at some point in his life he heard a message about love, and he was so struck with love. He became obsessed with the topic, started reading about it in scripture, started praying about it. And the more he absorbed himself in God's love, mm. all of a sudden, the more he started loving the people around him, he couldn't help it. Yeah. And I really think the more that we fill ourselves with God and his word, the natural outcome is like the fruit of the spirit is that love. It will come and it it will flow. And and the word of God is a mirror. Mm. And we see ourselves. Yeah, we read that. Yeah. And understanding that when we realize deeply, like truly, more and more um, that who God is versus who we are, then we're going to be knocked down a few notches and realize, Mm. yeah, because even Paul the Apostle, as a redeemed man, says oh wretched man that i am not that i was although that too yeah but he says present mm-hmm. tense oh wretched man uh, that i am mm-hmm. and that he's he even says that he's not he, he's the least of the apostles right yeah and uh, just understanding the grace and mercy of god which very quickly the grace of god is god giving us what we don't deserve and mercy is not giving us what we deserve mm-hmm. And, and we understand that. And I so agree that our biggest problem in, in America, Canada, globally, even inside the church, is that we don't have a proper understanding of who God is, mm-hmm. even as redeemed people. Mm-hmm. We constantly have to go back to God's divine nature, who he is. And when we stack that up against who we are, wow. Yeah, that's going to humble us. That's going to again knock us down a bunch of notches. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. No, I totally agree. Well, uh, thanks, thanks, Luke, for for being willing to to come on to this igno- inaugural episode of uh, Crossword. Um, thank you all for for listening. We hope you had fun, um, and and we'll be back again uh, with another episode um, looking at uh, God's Word and and um, just having some observations from it. That's really what the point of this podcast is, is, is really to just um, encourage just studying God's word and, and just taking a look at what it says. So thanks again, Luke. Um, and uh, we'll have you on again soon. Sounds great. Thank you for having me, brother. I love you. And uh, again, it's been an honor and a, and a delight to be able to be with you tonight. Thanks, Luke. Fantastic. We'll talk to you again soon. See you, brother.